Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. So today we're talking about Bridgerton. All things Bridgerton. We went to the Bridgerton ball. We're talking about Bridgerton season two. We actually tried to go to the ball twice. We were only successful once. <laughs> yes. For those of you who have not read our April blog, which you should definitely like and subscribe to, you guys are in for a treat today because we have a story. It is yes. story time. So buckle up, fans. So way back in September, there was an announcement that there was going to be the Queen's Ball, like a Bridgerton experience. So I texted you and Danny. I was like, we need to get tickets to this ASAP. So we did. We bought them the day that they came out and it was scheduled for March 9th. And then we ended up, Danny wasn't able to go. So then we had my cousin Amanda come. So we are dressed in our gowns, ball gowns. We are just done head to toe. Regency garb, head to toe folks. Yes. It's at the Biltmore hotel in LA and we walk up and there's like a table there and some curtains. And we're like, we're here for the ball. (laughs) And they're like, oh, you didn't get the email. No, we did not get said email. It's been rescheduled. And I was like, what the, I was so mad. Like you started laughing. Amanda just had a smile on her face because she's perfect and she never gets mad. And I was just like throwing a Regency era fit on the inside. I was like, I want to just stomp out of here. I want to say all of the bad words. And I still never saw an email that said that it was rescheduled. Did you? After the fact, it wasn't sent to us in time accordingly, but to give everybody a little more context to the story, we were already running late to this event. So I was already low-key irritated (laughs) to begin with. And I was like, we go and spend X amount of money. We go and put X amount of time into getting ready and all dolled up. I was, I was just irritated. And I was like, whatever, by the time we get there, it's only going to be an hour and it's an hour and a half events. So I was, I was in a mood to begin with. So when we got to this event and had that news broken to us, Amanda, just being the amazing icebreaker that she was, was like, so we're early because Amanda could pick up on, on the vibes that I was putting out. (laughs) She was very attuned to everybody's feelings on that evening Mm -hmm. and her spirit did not waver at all. So Amanda was the MVP that night, hands down, like three cheers to Amanda. (laughs) Yeah. And then she, you know, being a photographer, she was like, let's do a photo shoot. You guys are dressed up. It's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. I was like, Okay, let's do it. And I was not about to let this lighting go to waste, let alone. It takes me a while. It takes a whole village to get this ready. Okay. And in any way, shape or form, it takes a village. Okay. Let alone to get ready for a fancy schmancy event. And I was not about to let this go to waste. Mm -mm, No, thank you. And Amanda was in such good spirits that we just buddied up and we're like, we're taking photos. I need content. I was the happiness bully. And I was like, you're going to like it and you're going to smile and we're going to get content whenever we do this episode, you understand? And you're like, I'm not there yet, but okay. (laughs) 
Yeah. You were way nicer than that. And then eventually I was like, okay, you guys get a video of me stomping angrily up the stairs in my ball gown. And then I just like started cracking up after that because, you know, sometimes you just have to laugh at yourself because I felt ridiculous. I was like, I'm in this ball gown and these people are, there's people here just being regular humans and regular oh, yeah. clothes. Yeah. They're like, Oh, are you guys in a movie? No, we're just the right place at the wrong time. Yep. <laughs> That's what's happening. There was definitely a couple drunks that came up and were like, you look so pretty. Oh, can we touch you? And I was like, women. it was yeah. women, <laughs> women, <Not> men. <laughs> yeah. And at that point I was like, this is the only attention I'm going to get tonight. Yes. Yes. You may. Yes. You want to like, pet please the dress? Touch me. Go for it. Have at it. <laughs> this took way too long to get ready. I'm not letting it go to waste folks. We got content for the blog and for this episode. And then they very nicely rescheduled us. We did go to the event. We, you and me and Amanda, we show up in our dresses and we're like, you know, we come up and we're, when we're parking, we see everybody in their ball gowns. We're like, oh, goody, we're here on the right day. <laughs> it was just so beautiful coming in. Like you go, you come in under this like wisteria archway and you immediately see the modiste and there's this beautiful bar. And then there's this gorgeous, like trellis area that you can stand under that has these glass beads hanging down. It looks like rain when it was raining, when the Duke of Hastings and Daft got caught in the rain. And then they went under that, under the gazebo, the raining with the gazebo, there's a place to take a picture. And then there was an art gallery. And then it was just so lovely. If you did the, they had a kind of a clue game that started in the lady whistle down paper. Mm -hmm. And then you followed the clues around the event, which is what we did. The clues led up to finding a Mr. Harris. And he was the, I don't know. He was in the queen's ear about who got selected to be the diamond of the Uh evening, who they selected. She got to be in front of the queen and only like maybe 10 folks got to be in front of the queen. It was very selective Mm -hmm. and it was just whoever got in line at a certain time. And I think he inadvertently chooses the diamond kind of like, um, lady Danbury got it. So it was great to watch. The show was great. I enjoyed like 90% of it. The decor was on point. The staff, like the staff was great. Very Mm -hmm. helpful. I would say the only thing that I was really disappointed with was the time frame. You could not do everything in an hour and a half whatsoever. Like when we tried to circle back to go take more photos, at certain locations, yeah. they ushered us out so fast. They were like, nope, sorry, no re-entry. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. And that we was were irritating. the last showing or whatever of the yeah. day. So you'd think they would just let you linger a little bit. And yeah. then the line was too long to kind of meet the queen. So we didn't get in that line. When you get into the ballroom, they do this whole entire performance, which was really fun, this dance. And it kind of tells this love story. And then we get to dance after that. And we just Mm -hmm. danced our little booties off and it was so beautiful in that ballroom. It was so much fun. It was a night of queens supporting Queens on the dance floor. They were like, Oh my gosh, I love your dress. We love your dress. Where did you get it? There was a lot of that. That one girl who was like, she's like, I've been drinking. I'm like, we can tell (laughs) it was 90% women that went and the men that did go, they were made to go with their significant other. Oh yeah. So it wasn't like a traditional ball in the way where you think you're going to get asked to dance. No, you're not. No, you're just going to dance with your girlfriends and watch this whole performance, but it was really fun. Um, overall it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was very well done. I just wish we had a longer amount of time. For example, 
Proms and formals are typically four to five hours. We could have gotten everything done easily in four hours. Here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. We're talking spoilers on season two. It's been a minute since season two came out. So if you haven't seen this, get out from under whatever rock you are under and watch this show. Okay. Season two of Bridgerton. I know you haven't. Have you read the second book? No, I haven't. So I have questions. This took a turn from the source material. Let me tell you. Okay. I was trying to figure out why they would go so off the book. And I heard things like, oh, they didn't want it to be so similar to the last story. And I'm like, it's not, it's a completely different story. So the Duke of Hastings doesn't want to marry Daphne because he doesn't want to procreate. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anthony doesn't want to marry for love because his, his father died at a young age and he saw how it broke his mother's heart. And so he's like, I'm not marrying for love. And the whole thing with Sienna and in season one, that didn't happen in book one. They did that to kind of be a catalyst for him to not want to, you know, marry for love, even though the catalyst in the books was his father passing away at a young age. So he's pretty scarred for life. His, his father dies in front of him. His mom's pregnant with the, their eighth child, all of that happens. But this story, he meets Kate Sheffield in the books And it's the same thing. She's protective of her sister. He wants to marry the diamond and Edwina is named the diamond. So he kind of goes for her. There's a party at Aubrey Hall over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And there's all these really great moments leading up between him and Kate where they keep bonding over these different things and showing each other these vulnerabilities. But what happens is when they're in the garden, And she gets stung. He tries to suck the poison out of where her, she gets stung on her collarbone. Okay. And in the book, his mom, Lady Featherington and Lady Sharma, they're all of a sudden there and they're like, oh, what are you doing to her collarbone? You must marry her now. Or he realizes like, oh, I I basically ruined her because it looks like I'm sucking on her boob. Okay. So he marries her halfway through the book. Okay. And then what happens is the thing that he has to overcome is admitting and letting himself love her. And it's not until she gets injured and she does get injured in this, in the, at the end of season two. And it kind of brings him to that as well, that he's like, I do love you. She's married to him and he won't confess that he loves her. So it's kind of just a whole different vibe. And I can tell they're really trying to build up the tension between them, like wanting someone you can't have. Like she wanted him, but he was marrying her sister. Okay. That's the tension they were trying to build. And I honestly, I just don't think it worked. Yeah. Let me put it nicely. The chemistry was there, but the season itself dragged. They dragged the wedding scene with Edwina out way too long. There were so many episodes that just kind of dragged when they could have gotten to the point a lot quicker. They were repetitive. Yes. It was like, why are we doing the same thing Mm -hmm. again? Like, yes, we've had this conversation. And, you know, I I heard on a YouTube video that Chris Van Dusen said that the reason why there were so many more sex scenes with um, Daphne and Simon is because they got married in the middle of it. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's what happens also in this book. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they were just trying to make it so different from the last season that they just made it too different. Because even with the other storylines of like Eloise and Benedict and Colin and Penelope, it's still about that main love story. Right. And you just don't get to see enough of that. Like it's it's too much buildup. We're like, okay, well, they're not getting together in this episode again. They're not getting together in this episode again. And it's not like we're sex fiends, but we kind of are. You yeah. set a standard in the, f- the second scene of the first episode right. and Anthony is getting down against a tree. This is what we expect from Bridgerton people. And I feel like they could have done a lot more with that. Mm-hmm. And the love scenes that they did have were so short. And I'm like, so you're going to build it up, but then you're not going to give us like the biggest fireworks show. And there was a fireworks show at the end, mind you, but not the kind that I wanted. <laughs> I wanted more from that. So, but you're right. It, it definitely attract and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Season three is supposed to be Benedict's story. And they, they moved up Colin and Penelope's storyline. I was like, okay, what are they doing here? Because they're really highlighting that. And Benedict was still kind of in the shadows a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't front and center and a lot more was happening with a lot is always happening with Penelope, but you know, Colin kind of tying things up with Marina and visiting her and all of that and kind of just getting closure. And then you know, that line that he says like, oh, I would never marry. I would never propose to Penelope and she hears it. And so they're building it all up Mm -hmm. and you can see that. I'm like, okay, she's either going to have a villain arc next, next season. Like what is going on here? What are they doing? But it was because they, they hadn't announced it yet. But the reason why they were doing that is because they were going to have their story be next, because I think the popularity of those characters, they're just putting them first or Mm -hmm. maybe season two didn't do as well. So they're trying to kind of come out with a bang and make this season really good. I don't know, but I kind of think the books are so popular for a reason. If you diverge too much from that, you're kind of going to lose really the authenticity of why we love these types of stories. I agree. You know, like if you go too far off, like the only thing that they went off with in season one was they, they added the prince in there, but that just kind of added, it didn't really take anything away. It made Simon a little jealous and kind of showed him being more motivated to go for Daphne. But this was just like a whole different thing. I'm like, you're showing him on the altar with Edwina and Kate, you would think she would be in tears, but she kind of just still had a straight face. Like you could tell it was hard for her, but she didn't show as much of emotion. Like if you're madly in love with someone and he's marrying your sister, you're going to be a mess. Yeah. Call me biased. Benedict's my favorite. So I read the third Bridgerton book with the expectations that we were going to see Benedict more in this season, reading his story and seeing how they ended season two, I was like, oh, and then when they made the announcement about Penelope and Colin, I was like, hey, that was in this book. Why are they? Oh, things make sense now. Okay. <laughs> as far as like Penelope or Colin saying, I'd never go for Penelope. Yeah. And I was like, put what? his foot in his mouth real yep. soon. But question for you. Mm-hmm. Did the Eloise storyline happen as far no. as? She confronting Penelope about Lady Whistledown? Nope. Wow. Okay. No Mm. one knows that she's Lady Whistledown. No one knows. Not one person knows until book four. 
So they're letting all kinds of people know, which I think they are doing that because that maybe they knew, who knows, they knew that they were going to have her be the season three main character. Cause do you want to know what happens? Oh, for Penelope and Colin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. Go for it. Cressida Cowper announces that she's Lady Whistledown. And Penelope is like, hail to the no. And she outs herself. So, but that doesn't happen till book four. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they do it. What I'm really interested to see is if we will get that little scene where when Benedict sees Sophie for the first time. Okay. Yeah. Get the front end view of that scene later. I hope they do that, but yeah. yeah. Well, I absolutely loved Simone Ashley in this season though. I can't think of a scene where she didn't look phenomenal. Perfection in purple. Yes. All season long. I mean, mm-hmm. she did have an amazing orange outfit at one point, but man, I mean, purple's already my favorite color, but if you can yeah, pull off tangerine, stunning. you have like, I tip my hat to you. Cause I can't do that yeah, no. on any day. Yeah. I hope that she's in season three. I hope that she sticks around. Oh, I think you they'll know, bring her back that she's a part of it because, you know, to see Anthony with his wife and maybe, I don't know, more interaction with them. Did you have a favorite episode? I did like the Paul Mall scene where they're okay. playing Paul Mall. That was a really fun scene in the book. It was really fast paced, super fun. And so that was fun to see play out, but I can't say that there's like a full episode that was my favorite. I would say episode eight, just because it tied everything together. I know. Finally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, I have answers. I have closure. We can move on to season three plus anything that Benedict was in. I was here for Benedict so much and he was so cute. And even, even on hallucinogenics, I never go for anybody who's into drugs ever. And this man stole my heart. And I was like, I want all of you all day, every day, Regency (laughs) era, you please, please let there be more of you, please. Yeah. Yeah. He's adorable. I was so sad for him when he quit art school because he found out his brother paid for his spot and he quit. I was like, oh, Benedict. And that's not a storyline that happened either, but he's probably going to do some soul searching. And I think that if the timeline adds up, he should, with Sophie, kind of meet her next season. Okay. I hope they put her in there somehow. Same. Yeah, because he would be 35. I read Benedict's story because I was just very hell-bent on, and I wanted to be set up for season three, only to find out I was not. And I got to read book four. I know. Like, that's the thing. Colin and Penelope's storyline does nothing for me. I was like, ooh, girl pining over guy that's not interested yet. Let's figure this one out. Okay, not my favorite season of Bridgerton. Season one definitely came out with a bang, no pun intended. Anthony, I was looking forward to it because he's so gorgeous. And, you know, they kind of built it up like it was going to be really steamy and they had really good chemistry. It just kind of, it, it failed to deliver a little bit, but I did love being back on Grosvenor Square and being with the ton and going to all the balls and everything. It was beautifully done the costuming and I love the new characters in the show and I'm really excited to see how they're going to spin this with Colin and Penelope I'm committed now that I've read everything that Julia Quinn has ever written so I will watch every season and I will make the best of it and now it is time for the fangirl spotlight of the week the fangirls podcast is now on Etsy our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom inspired artwork in digital download form With prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more, you're sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. 
We're offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL. The link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you, so connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called The Fangirls' Favorite Things, inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Netflix, Bridgerton, Julia Quinn, The Queen's Ball, hosted by Fever. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Nope. Nope. Just really big fans. Mostly of Benedict. Definitely of Benedict. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.